What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Hey everybody, producer Christine here with this week's Community Cork Forward Announcements. I just want to let you know that we are still recording in WIPA Radio, Uptown Central Station, and it sounds pretty good in here. It's still a little echoey, but we have some uh, acoustic tiles up. We got the foam corners going on, so the sound doesn't reverberate back. We still got to put some acoustic tiles up above us, but we have those ordered. They're coming in soon. And have you checked out our mural? On June 12th at the Art Stroll, we had a local artist, Megan Singer, may sound familiar that's my little sister and she actually started painting the mural that we have here in our studio she's going to come by next week to finish it up and i'll definitely post it make sure you follow at wipa radio at artsy fartsy singer or at what's up Whittier, and i'll post a little bit about it you can also follow me at the singing moon and you know maybe if you're in uptown while she's painting you can chop on by and learn a little bit more about what we have going on with uptown central station now back to the announcements Join us every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. for the Uptown Whittier Farmer's Market, presented by the Whittier Uptown Association. Again, it's located on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. If you're interested in becoming a vendor, email farmersmarket at whittieruptown.org and let them know what's up Whittier sent you. I'm sure you're tired of this by now, but oh my gosh, it's almost here. The 2019 Summer Concerts in the Park series is finally starting next week. So shout out to the City of Whittier Parks and Recreation Department for putting this on for us every single year. It'll start Monday, June 24th, and the show starts at 7 p.m., so make sure that you get there a little before then, maybe like 30 minutes to an hour, enjoy a dinner with some friends, a nice picnic in the park, go visit some of the wonderful vendors that they have there. So on Monday, it'll be at Central Park, 6532 Friends Avenue. And here's a life hack. If you cannot find any parking around the park, park on the parking structure on Bright Avenue. I love that parking structure. It's less than a five-minute walk to the park. You know, put everything in a wagon and just wheel it on over. It's a really great parking structure. I love it. We need to use more of it. But like I was saying, the concert's in the park. June 24th, they will have a Disney tribute band. Again, at Central Park, 6532 Friends Avenue at 7 p.m. So on Thursdays, the concerts are not held at Central Park. They're held at Parnell Park, 15390 Lambert Road over in East Whittier. If Disney's not your thing, no worries. That following Thursday, head on over to Parnell Park to see Stevie Nicks' Illusion, the Fleetwood Mac cover band. And so for this one, I would definitely recommend getting there like 6, 6.30 for, like, you know, give yourself time to find a parking spot. There are so many great vendors that hang out over there. I believe in Lions Club. Um, they have, like, shaved ice, I think, or um, Italian ice, or I think maybe that's at Central Park. Um, definitely Lascaris. Lascaris is usually there every year. So again, head on over to Parnell Park Thursdays at 7 p.m. at 15390 Lambert Road. And if you are not into Stevie Nicks on that Thursday, well, no worries. Go to the Wine and Cheese Soiree put on by the Wine and Cheese Soiree Committee. This is a fundraiser that supports the Women and Children's Crisis Shelter. Just like you heard us in our last episode with Rob Marin, who's a board member for the Women and Children's Crisis Shelter, the Wine and Cheese Soiree is a great event of laughter, community, and support for the Women and Children's Crisis Shelter. 
Since 1977, the Women and Children's Crisis Shelter, a nonprofit organization, has been providing free emergency services to women and their children who are victims of domestic violence. So the suggested donation is $30 online and $40 at the door. During the event, there will be wine and cheese, of course, a water and cash bar, a raffle, and a silent auction. For more information, go online to wineandcheesesoiree.com or you can email info at wineandcheesesoiree.com. If you have any questions, their phone number on their flyer is 562-693-1665. This year is really cool. They're going to have a special guest, Tanya Brown. And if you aren't familiar with who Tanya Brown is, I'm sure that you know of her sister who passed away due to domestic violence, her sister, Nicole Brown Simpson. Um, Tanya has really... That is something very traumatic to happen to a person. You know, their sister, their family is taken away from them. So Tanya has really devoted her life to helping victims of domestic violence and how to break through that cycle. So it's really it's really cool that she's coming out um, all the way out to Whittier for this event. It is going to take place at the Double Tree by Hilton, 7320 Greenleaf Avenue. And I just want to give a shout out to the Wine and Cheese Soiree Committee. So I'm going to read off this list. And if I miss anybody... Um, Sorry, you weren't on the flyer. But shout out to Trees Childs from the Double Tree Whittier, Pete Rodriguez from Farmers Insurance, Rob Marin, Realtor, Tina Soriano, Reverse Mortgage Expert, Judy Brand, a Special Event Coordinator, Claudia Guardado, Blue Moon On Stage Producer, Tom Rios, the Brookdale Executive Director, and Therese Oliver, owner of Arc Point Labs. So again, if you are interested in learning more about this event and you want to attend, you can go to wineandcheesesoiree.com. Let me see what information I'm going to put in here. I have the link to their Facebook event, to their website, and the site where you can buy tickets. So again, um, check that out in our description below. All right. Well, if you still have nothing to do this weekend may or next weekend... If you still have nothing to do next weekend on the 29th, may I suggest joining the Whittier Uptown Association for their second annual Tour to Taco. I love Tour to Taco. Last year I had such a blast. I was doing the social media, so I was like running around town. But it was a really great experience. You know, I got to go to California Grill. Um, Of course, I went to Colonia Publica, the best tacos in town. Um, You know, we went to the Commoner. I think we went to the 40 for their – they had vegan tacos, I think. Uh, spin lounge i went to bamboos i'm actually going to read off the list right now of all of the businesses that are included participating restaurants include the alumni auntie's cafe bamboos fusion bizarra capital colonia publica jc's kitchen la pescadora off the hook flight red oak barbecue rocky cola cafe sage spin lounge steve's barbecue the 6740, Turnbull's Tavern, The Bottle Room, Modern Shaman Kitchen, Veggie Ike, The Guild Hall Bar, and The Rusty Monk. I'm sure there will be more that's to be announced. I mean, as I'm recording this, we still have eight days to go to that event. So just make sure you go to WhittierUptown.org for more information. And don't forget, for easy, fast check-in, you can already register for your free ticket. So when you go to the Grassy Law at 1 p.m., you just tell them your name and you're already registered to go. They'll give you your number and boom, you're off to the races. Again, this event is from 1 to 6. 
So it's a free event. There's no entrance fee to participate. You just need to pick up your bib at the grassy lot at 1 p.m. and pay for your tacos at each location. Again, you guys, it's a lot of fun. I did it last year. And, um, you know, I'm even saying that me, your producer, Christine, if you see me out there, or um, I'm sure I'll be, you know, social media-ing it uh, for Instagram, uh, but shoot me a DM, you know, if you're eating lunch or getting a taco somewhere, let me know. I'll be happy to go and break masa with you. Get it? Because tacos are made of masa. But yeah, let's have a conversation. So let me know. Um, yeah, just send a DM to at what's up when you're on Instagram. All right, I really have to give a shout out to the city of Whittier Parks and Recreation Department because honestly, this summer they're going all out. So first up, we have the 4th of July Fireworks Spectacular. And it's the 4th of July fireworks show. As you know, fireworks are illegal in Whittier, so you need a special permit in order to have fireworks. And lucky for us, the city of Whittier has got that down. So it's going to be located at York Field, again, on the 4th of July from 5 to 9 p.m. Enjoy a family-friendly event on the 4th of July at York Field. The cost is only $5 for every adult and children 18 and under are free. There will be games, live music, and food vendors on site all evening. York Field is located at 9110 Santa Fe Springs Road, Whittier, California at 90606. I'm going to include the Facebook event link down below in the description, so if you have any questions, head on over there for more information. Alright, so the next event being put on by the Whittier Parks and Recreation and Community Services Department is the Movies in the Park. This month, the movie will take place on July 6th and it'll be the movie Mary Poppins Returns. All movies will start at dusk, so please be sure to bring there a little earlier. Bring your chair and blankets to our free Saturday Movies in the Park. All movies, again, will begin at dusk and there will be crafts and food vendors on site. So make sure you show up a little early. It'll be a lot of fun. This month on July 6th, it will be at Michigan Park, 8228 Michigan Avenue. That's on the corner of La Cuarta and Michigan Avenue in East Whittier. All right, we are on fire for July. On Wednesday, July 10th from 5 to 9 p.m., join the friends of Uptown Whittier for their Uptown Whittier art stroll all around Uptown. So come on out. If you were here for our last art stroll that took place on June 12th, thank you so much for coming out. We love the support. There's so many family crafts that are going on for these fun events. So please make sure you come out and enjoy a summer evening with the family. I'm sure you've heard about this a few episodes ago, but just to remind you about our Whittier Pride Fest. Yeah, you heard me. Whittier is finally going to have its very own Pride Fest. Thank you so much to the Whittier Pride Fest committee. So like you heard in our podcast episode, we had the wonderful people, Melissa De La Cruz and Gaetano Gallo, who came on to represent the Pride Committee. And I got a text message yesterday from Gaetano. Let me read what it says. It says... Good morning. If you're interested, our next meeting is open to everyone and is on July 3rd at 7.30 p.m. at the YMCA on Hadley on the second floor. It's across the street from the high school. So very cool. If you guys don't know where the YMCA is, let me tell you where it's located. The YMCA of Greater Whittier is located on 12510 Hadley Street, Whittier, California, 90601. So if you can't make it to that meeting on July 3rd, no worries. You can learn more information. If you want to become involved, send an email over to prideinfo at whittieryouthbuild.org. If you're interested in being a vendor for the first Whittier Pride Fest, email pridevendors at whittieryouthbuild.org. 
Again, the event of Whittier Pride is taking place Saturday, September 28th from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So much time, but really it's very little time if you think about it. We only have a few months to go. So again, if you're interested in becoming part of the committee or you really just want to learn the overall gist of what's going on, July 3rd, be at the YMCA. So you can learn more from the wonderful people. Tell them you heard your their podcast episode and you really want to support them. I'm really excited and I know what, we've already got stuff um, going on that we're talking about in regards to broadcasting from the event. So if I see you there, look forward to meeting you. All right, that's all I have for this week's Community Corkboard Announcements. All right, so this next shout-out I want to give to Little Monster Apparel, Poor LeBain, and the SoCal Calendar, and the SoCal Car Show Calendar. So special thanks to Manny. You asked me if I could be in the calendar, and you said I could pick any business I wanted that uh, didn't already have a model. So I picked Poor LeBain. As you guys know, if you heard on Marilyn's episode for Poor LeBain, she really talks, I think she talked a little bit about her history with the car show. If not in that episode, for sure, go back. Um, yeah, just for sure, go back and you'll hear Marilyn on our car show episode. And honestly, Marilyn has been doing this for such a long time. She is totally a fixture here in Uptown Whittier. And I respect her so much. So that's definitely, I was like, if I could be uh, representing poor LeBain, I would totally love to. And I'm very grateful that I was able to do it. So if you're interested in purchasing a calendar, let me know. You can email Christine at whatsupwittier.com. The calendars are $15. You will also get a like a coupon book with over $3,000 in savings in Uptown area. And in case you're curious, I am Miss July 2020. So again, if you're interested, um, you can actually also go to Poor LeBain and buy the calendars there. I signed all of Marilyn's calendars and Claudia from Shop the Runway also signed the calendar. She's Miss February. And I just want to give props to all the people that were involved. So shout out to Art Beltran, who is the project coordinator, Desiree Ramirez, who is the project manager, Jose L. Lopez, who is the photographer and director of photography, and Lupe Genes and Rebecca Porter, because they were the editors, and Manny Cuchilla, who is the creative art director. And if you're interested in learning more, their phone number is 562-322-2938. You can go on Instagram at SoCal Car Show Calendar, or you can email carshowcalendars at gmail.com. Again, if you check this out, I'm sure you're going to see so many familiar faces um, and definitely some familiar businesses that are out there. So thank you so much for supporting Whittier, supporting our community. Really appreciate that. And last but not least, I just want to say thank you so much to Remo and Jesse for you for our, all of their support. You know, they're really great. If you're interested in following them, you can go to at Remo the Realtor. Type in Remo the Realtor for every single thing. You can find Remo there. And if you're interested in looking at what Jesse's got to offer, you can go to j2architects.com or look up at j2architects. And like I said, you can follow me, your producer Christine, at The Singing Moon. Make sure you follow What's Up Whittier on all of our social media at What's Up Whittier on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us in, no, just say Christine at What's Up Whittier.com. You can email us there. And yeah, if you guys are interested in anything else, if you're interested, oh my God, there's Anna. Oh my God. And I'm recording. Okay. That's funny. Okay, I'm definitely recording. So I just saw my friend Anna Romero. Shout out to Anna. Anna was also a guest on our podcast. So shout out to Anna. She just walked by. I got really excited. And then, <laughs> yeah, anyway. So that's the cool thing about recording at WIPA Radio. You never know who's going to drop by. So thank you so much for all of your support. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and playing this podcast. Take it away, Jesse and Remo.
What's up, Warrior? Dun, da, da, da. Oh man, is that good I'm, or is that I'm, bad? Just... I'm glad. I'm glad we're like in a somewhat air conditioned space. Why? Man, the last couple of days it felt like it was we're we're baking in a in the oven somehow. I, I mean, I was in an office with, with yeah. AC. So <laughs> to me, it was 72 degrees. Well, today's the... a cooler day, but yeah. the last couple of days has been scorcher, man. Especially in this area, it's it's kind of hard to try to cool down on a hot day. So I'm glad we're indoors. And of course, I wear a black shirt on a hot day, right? Yeah, long sleeve. <laughs> long yeah. sleeve. So today we're off location. Actually, similar location. We're just five floors down. We're usually in your office, Jesse. Today we're in the... We are in the WIPA Uptown Central Station um, radio station that's here in the Poet Gardens. You can come by and peek. Last night we had an artist at the Art Stroll. Last night, June 12th, come and paint a mural. So you can walk by and peek into the window. You can check out the beautiful radio studio and the wonderful mural painted by uh, my little sister, Megan, at Artsy Fartsy Singer on Instagram. So fun fact, that's where we are. Yeah, off location. And today's uh, guest, special guest, actually, is Alex Moisa. Yes. Who's an attorney here locally. Right. And uh, I guess we'll let you introduce yourself. Welcome. Welcome. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here. Yes, I'm Alex Moisa. Um, I'm an attorney who practices family law and estate planning. And my office is in Uptown Whittier, but kind of in the outskirts of Uptown Whittier because I'm across the street from City Hall. Um I've been a resident of Whittier for probably about 25 years now, maybe 26, and my wife and, and three kids live in the outskirts of Friendly Hills there, right there on La, La Bajada and uh, La Corta. Oh, nice. People yeah. are going to come knocking on your door tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. well, they are. I really are. Well, they, they drive, already are. They drive by all the time, so that's okay. <laughs> I have a, a location where people often you know, go from one part of the city to the other, uh-huh. so I have everybody commenting on whatever we're doing on the property at the time. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, you're an attorney. Uh, it, well, is there a specific uh, type of uh, law practice that you have or you do? Yeah, so um, the law practice specifically is, is family law. And so family law relates to um, custody, divorces, uh, and paternity actions primarily. So divorces being, when, obviously, when people are married and, uh, and paternity actions when they're not married but just have a child or children together. Um, and with that comes other things that often, like restraining orders, unfortunately, come into the play. That, that's a big part of our, our practice, too. Um, and the other part of it is estate planning. So uh, estate planning is wills and trusts, uh, preparation, uh, powers of attorney. And um, with that, as time has gone on, a, a probate practice has developed a little bit. You know, as, as time changes and, and people's friends and family uh, pass on and stuff, so so those are primarily what I do. I used to work in municipal law probably about 25 years ago for a little while in the southeast Los Angeles area. Uh, but right now, that's where my practice is. What does that mean, municipal law? Municipal law is, is law basically working with, with governments, working with cities. Okay. Uh, in this instance, uh, or counties. In this instance, it was contract cities. Uh, cities like um, uh, Montebello or Azusa or Commerce all of them which are small enough that they don't actually have a full-time city attorney, but they, they contract them out to uh, individuals or firms who do that type of work. So that was an interesting kind of a, a feeling, initial feeling into cities and how they work in the government of cities. Nice. Good feeling? 
<laughs> yeah, you know, a good feeling, a good feeling of what you can do. You know, and, and obviously there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things that aren't good about it, or a lot of uh, infighting that goes in there. And you see how cities develop, but you also see the what you can use and the avenues of improving a city and understanding how a city runs. Because you need to do that if you're really ultimately going to try to improve or help a city. But ultimately, as a single practitioner, uh, it doesn't pay doesn't pay the bills. So I, I move into the family law with that and. Because it's all contracts, so it's when they need you, they call you. Or, or it's basically the, the kind of individuals that they're, they're contracted out or they have a contract with the city, right? right. So they're not going to give it to, to uh, usually they give it to individuals who are, are certainly more versed in the field, have a practice in that and whatnot. Sure. So unless you work for someone and spend the time they're developing that practice, it would be difficult to take that away. Right. But those firms themselves have their own politics with things like that. And then when did you transition over to family law? About 1998. Yeah, 98, I started my own practice. About uh, 2001 or even 2000, I was at the, the Monterey building over there on, on the Bailey. Okay, and then for after about three years there, I moved to the Whittier Penn Square building. And I've been there ever since. It's been since 2000, and, wow, 2003. And what drove you to do that specific practice? Is it is it just the economics or initially economics? Yeah, it was it was the most in demand, and it was also kind of a <clears throat> kind of a way really of of working with the uh, the working class individual. I mean, no matter what, when you when you if you work by yourself and you work in a city like Whittier, um, you're going to be working. They're going to be your clientele. And so uh, family law certainly is something that draws people, and e not everybody, but certainly a lot of people have a need or know someone who does. Uh, estate planning is often similar to that. Estate planning, many people or most people have some kind of need and should look into that. Yeah. Uh, so you have an opportunity to help people, right? And you also, you, you, get to, you get to know how much people understand about the law. And for instance, for myself, being a Mexican American, um, it was interesting and, and sometimes uh, uh, harsh or shocking to work in divorces and understand the dynamics that they had in a relationship that they want to put into California law, you know, and which doesn't really fit. Yeah, people were saying, the husband saying, I'm going to take everything from you, you know, you're not going to get anything if you divorce me, blah, 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 blah. And the person's very... See you in court. <laughs> see you in court. Well, before they come see me sometimes, or other attorneys, of course, they may feel that way. Oh, no, he's going to do that to me. It's like, no, he can't do that today. <laughs> so that's that's a rewarding thing about the practice, helping the, the regular person. We'll say this before we get into more legal stuff. is is This does not constitute a... A uh, legal advice, right? So <laughs> exactly. please seek out your, your attorney for, for that kind of uh, stuff. There's no disclaimer flashing on the bottom of it. Yeah. No, not real quickly, exactly. Um, the reason why I say that is you, you mentioned at the beginning that you do all, obviously divorce, but also um, couples who have been living with each other and have kids. In California, what constitutes um, that partnership? Like... It, I, at one point, I heard it was like a 10-year, like if you guys were together and living for 10 years, does that constitute an actual, like not marriage, but it's almost like marriage like without the law? Common, common, common law. law, common law there, yeah. yeah, well, you know, I don't do, a, I don't see common law come up very much, okay? And so you're talking about the, <clears throat> in the paternity actions, 
the oh, paternity. The, okay. the, the issue was the child yeah, yeah, yeah. and the support of that child. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no matter what people had in the relationship, usually their individual assets or debts don't really weigh into that. Okay, it's just about the child and about support for the child, and that's per, you know, people's incomes and time spent with the child. Now, in instances where people have been together for many years, have a child, buy a house together, do these things together, and then they get the, they break up basically, right? There are some assets that are common, and although they may not be subject to a dissolution, they may be uh, subject to a civil action. You hear that with a, like a, a partition of property type of action, where some people have a house and they both claim an interest in it, right? And so you can frame it such that there's a con- that there's a, a contract out there between the two parties, and since they've broken up, well now we need to divide that asset. Wow. So that that that's how and that's where I've seen it most in the context of the house. Yeah. Not so much the retirement of the individual. So. You know, in that example, how about if one spouse or one uh, partner decides that hey, you know what, I want to stay in this house. Well, usually the partner who has title in that is, is the one who's going to prevail. Okay, so it's your house, and then you decide to kick out the uh, your uh, your your girlfriend or or whatnot, um, and then that person, not on title, really has no no say in it. Now that person may ultimately do that partition I'm talking about because uh, she'll say, "Well, we lived together for 20 years, and and thousands and thousands of my dollars fixed this, fixed this, did right. that, that that kind of thing." And then that person would probably have a case to just some interest in it and then ascertaining interest is something i I can't tell you about that's even more difficult but certainly not the best route to go go about (laughs) (laughs) put your name on title how about that for advice whatever you do put your name on title oh man i'm taking notes Um, our house is only on my wife's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. The presumption of title. There you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter who pays the bills or anything. It's just who owns it. And it's interesting because now the whole dynamic of like marriage is like, it's like evolving, right? I mean, uh, now you have like same sex marriages, uh, younger generations, not even getting married at all. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it'd be interesting how, or have you seen anything law-wise change, or, or have you heard of anything coming up that's potentially going to change because of how, how you know, just the institution of marriage changing? has yeah. changed. Well, the major changes over the last few years have already happened. With you know, first uh, recognizing those partnerships and having the partnership back in California, and so same-sex marriage now being legal, so it's already happened. Yeah. Okay. So, so long as you, you can have same-sex marriage, and before that there was a partnership act, and you, you could sign on to that kind of responsibility. Um, so it, it's already in there, and it, it changes the dynamic. Um, for I would tell you, really, being here out in Whittier, I don't get a lot of same-sex couples. Uh, once in a while, they filter in, and and just like uh, um, um, non-same-sex couples. Uh, same issues, same issues about money, same issues about fighting in relationships, sometimes the same issues about children. So um, it's, uh, in one respect, it's it's uh, it's always not, it's not good to see people fighting and breaking up. And it's like, here's another class of individuals that joins the rest of us in that kind of situation, right? But they have more protection than they did before also. So it just really goes on on what side you're on when all this is happening, even in marriages, right? Who controls the money is often the person who thinks they control the relationship of how things are going to pan out, no matter what it is. 
same sex or not same sex, the issues are still the exact same. Exactly. If I have money, I think I'm in control. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's just me there. I get the disclaimers flashing on the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen anything uh, uh, in terms of like, uh, again, family law, um, where the law's changing uh, based on just, because again, even now, like there's, I feel like there's less kids. Well, <clears throat> before it was like you had a couple and the, or a uh, husband and wife and they would have like, you know, six, seven kids or eight kids. Now it's like uh, that same couple has probably the same amount of kids, but with like different spouses or partners. And so you have like these, uh, what do you call them? Blended um, families. Blended families. Yeah, yes, yeah. Like does that, does that even like, is a lot changing even for that? Because now how do you... Like, say I had two kids from a previous marriage, and now right. I get married again. And I have two kids. Am I able? To, am I able to fight, or my wife fight for custody of of my kids, even though they're not her kids? No, of course not. So that'd be a little too far. But you're just basically talking about adjusting to the changing, right? Yeah, so, like all these. Yeah. So blended families are much more common than we may think of when we were younger. Okay, Correct. although they exist. Well, well said, because I Jesse was reaching. <laughs> I was like, Jesse, where are you going with this, Jesse? Well, we'll, we'll kind of put it out there, okay? So you have the different generations, right? Yeah. And even myself, I'll categorize people whether right or wrong. So my my niece and nephew in their early 30s, those millennials and stuff like those kids who never get married, they don't even have a kid anymore. They don't even date for you know, <laughs> yeah. they just certainly they're, just, they're talking, they're just dating. talking, you know, and yes. been going around, but not community. You know, we think that, and that's probably not correct, right? But so we we put our own kind of uh, I guess ideas or stereotypes into other generations. So uh, just like and when our parents were talking about things that just would have been not even heard of, right? Okay, let alone people getting divorced and separating for a thousand years and never, never doing it. So, so all that's changing. So certainly people are getting farther away from the institution of needing to get married. Okay. And, but at the same time, people are still having children, uh, and they're, they're finding ways to work it. Um, and then I guess this is kind of it. I, I would say even, even, and the parents of those, of those children are becoming more acceptable too. Yeah. You know, they just want a grandchildren. They don't care if they get married anymore. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Give me grandkids. Until they I, get the wrong one, and that's like I hear that from my mom all the time. I don't care what you do; just give us grandkids. Yeah, but you're married already, so they can yeah, fall no, right into that trap no, right away. Prior to that, oh, okay. you know, actually, no, my mom wouldn't say that. But I, if the if the child came out of wedlock, my mom would would be more accepting now than maybe five years ago when right. she was like, at least I have hope back then. Now it's just give me anything, yeah. <laughs> married or not married, do yeah, it. Give get me a kid. Done. You sound like some family on my, my side too, right? Yeah. <laughs> What has been the strangest uh, case you've had so far where, like, man, I would have never thought, being in the industry for so long, that this would, would come out of nowhere? Mm, I don't know, because if I go into those cases... Oh, like, they're going to be singled out. My bad. They're, they're <laughs> going to be tra- more tragic, and they're going to be sad. So uh, there are elements about it that you remember because something just got really weird or really out of control. But whether, you know, whether it's the people fighting or domestic violence, I would yeah. say that's the thing that what people will do to each other to steal each other's money. So that's really, you know, what it, that's what it is. And unfortunately, there, there isn't a bottom yet. I, I'm lucky I haven't seen that, seen that. Yeah. Uh, but I live in a time where if I'm alone in my office, my door is often locked. I'm on the fifth floor. I get no window traffic and I know that, um, things are different, right? I know that probably every year 
at least one family law lawyer is murdered somewhere. Okay. Wow. And whether it's California or Arizona or somewhere else, and there have been some terribly stories over here. And so that's the thing that's happening. Sometimes you worry about if it's, if it's, we just talked about maybe the couples not having children. The bigger thing to me is this lack of connection that sometimes people are getting now. They can disassociate themselves for whatever their actions are. So, you know, you don't like life, then people kill themselves. But nowadays they have to take action and hurt a whole bunch of other people in the mm-hmm. process. So it seems. Or maybe it's now I'm sounding, sounding old like you, <laughs> but, yeah. but that's how it sometimes seems, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so though, unfortunately, those are the bad stories yeah. that, that, that I, I remember. So I have a few of them, but without going into the details, um, unless you do the adoptions and the adoptions, the step parent adoptions, which I do few of, but when I did, those were always really fun because everybody wanted it to happen, yeah. right? Those were great. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty intense. I mean, that's something you don't think about, you know, happening. But now that you bring it up, it, it's something that if I'm lost my significant other, she doesn't love me and I have nothing going for me, I'm taking out, you know, I'm a Tasmanian devil on anything in my path, including anyone that resu- helped me get there is, is in my, uh, my, my range or my target. It happened in Arizona, I think last year and where someone uh, got back. I mean, Someone was divorced for about 10 years and took revenge on people involved in it. And if the person wasn't in the office, he killed the person who was. Wow. It was just that kind of random blind violence. And so that's the part really that's the most dangerous about, about this practice, I think, because you see people like that because they get very raw in how they feel about, the, about what's happening in life or money or whatnot. If you're going to get that intersection of, of, uh, of drug use and then mental health, then it's a real powder cake. I, I mean, I, I'm in the, on the real estate front. And so back nine years ago, something similar was happening where people were losing their houses and now they were taking action to banks or realtors or anyone in the thing. And there was something similar where people were murdered because their association to them losing, you know, their house or their right. family, whatever yeah. ha- at that point like happened. The 2008 type of crash, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of people lose their money. They get, they get weird. Yeah. So um, don't lose your money. <laughs> that's, try that's not it. to, Rosie. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't get divorced. Yeah. And if you do, call, you. call Alex. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. What uh? What other uh? I guess just business wise. I mean, what keeps you? Because because now we got the courthouse reopened, uh, which is not that far from you. Right. I mean, so has that helped business? Or yes, it, it, it was it, a family law courthouse opened up. That's kitty corner to where my office is. And so it, it naturally changed things. It's kind of it's funny how that turned out, right? I, I did do practice there when it was civil. Once in a while, I have a small misdemeanor type of case over there. But certainly the proximity is, is wonderful. Uh, I know that I can, you know, park in my garage and then walk over there and, and be, you know, <laughs> no time. And I'm there already. I don't pay for parking. I love dumb little things like that, for instance, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, and the, the judges from Norwalk, so they're now over here. So that's really cool. You know, um, so I, I, I love the fact that it's over there. And, and so then, of course, you'll get people who just come out of a, a hearing upset about something and they're Googling you. And that's where you get the people, oh, I Googled you. How'd you find me? I Googled you. You know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> Great. Come on <laughs> yeah, down. Come on down. <laughs> yeah. Do you see a lot more uh, family law attorneys moving to the area for that reason? 
No, I don't think so. I think the same amount are here, come and go. I can't say that uh, that I see a lot more or anything because that happened. What will happen is that the, the buildings across the street, someone will try to situate themselves or have usually a document preparation type of yeah. places or attorney. But yeah, yeah. The one catty corner, is, right across the catty corner from the courthouse, there's a document. It was place. a salon for a long time. Yeah, yeah that one yeah. over there and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Can you clarify that for us? Because I know I'm in the same boat uh, as as your kind of business. There's a difference between an attorney and and somebody who does um, paralegal work, right? Yes. Can you explain the differences and and, and how that would benefit you, um, or why that makes sense to to go with somebody who knows? The yeah. Law? Well, you know, it's it's almost like I don't I don't want to make it a sales pitch, um, but it all depends on the individual in their situation. People who do the document preparation of paralegals. Uh, they exist for a reason because they provide something low cost and they help people fill out their forms. So um, it's, it's it's backside is that you you don't exactly know what's going on and you're either left to you alone to uh, fend for yourself in court or you are working with an attorney you never met until that particular moment of court. So 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 the disadvantages are really that you're kind of thrown out there to yourself. Okay now. There's an army of people who will say, well, gosh, you don't need to hire, you need a shotgun to kill a fly. So why did you get a lawyer when all you had to do was fill this paperwork? But even then gets kind of filtered into what that really means. I have divorces where the other party is very upset because they had an agreement already. And why did you hire a lawyer? Why you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, you know, because I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah. Well, why not? Because I'm your ex-husband. And I'm telling you what went on. Isn't that right? <laughs> You know, and I told you, you're getting 10% of everything. Why don't you like that? <laughs> and, and that's not very far from the truth. Yeah. And so so you'll get that. And so maybe it's it's harder to fend with that with a paralegal, I would think. Yeah. But the cost is the other thing, too. Remember, attorneys, no matter what, are just, are just going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. And and um, and um and that's just the reality of it. Um, and then the cost of being an attorney from from, from liability to, to product to... to help all of that just shoots it really through the roof yeah. experts and those kind of things yeah um and you get what you pay for so, I mean, so, but but if you don't what you're maneuvering through i guess you, you could work through it but I'll, I'll get a fair amount of cases every year from people who are halfway through a paralegal and then something kind of went wrong or they needed some advice on it yeah yeah so. and that's something i probably could be said for all our businesses i mean you could go online and and Prepare to document yourself. You can go online and try to sell your own house. You can find some architectural plans that you could, you know, copy and, and redo. But right. what you're paying for is, you know, is, is this the best option for you? Not just is this templated option going to work out or not? And if, is there a better option than what, you know, is just being provided? The problem sometimes is the marketing of that product itself, right? Correct. So yeah. you'll have a commercial that I think is misleading, even though I'm not a realtor. Say like the the purple bricks type of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, just how sold itself. How yeah. did, you know, that's not really true. Yeah. You want someone to pay attention to your house and make yeah. sure it gets sold and do those things. And you have to go that extra step, whatever it yeah. is. I see that your, your industry, people are yeah. getting really uh, tight with each other. Yeah. Commissions getting very low. And, yeah. and then these type of uh, institutions, which I guess work with the good motivated person. Yeah. With the right person. They're, they're a good fit. Right. But it's, it's not a, uh, same with the doc prep. Some people are going to gravitate towards that because they're 
you know, I'm going to YouTube it. I'm going to figure it out. And, and that's a very small percentage. Most of the people, you know, want the, the, the experience and the, of, of an attorney, right. well, you know, you know, and as, as I think as your network grows, you're more inclined to say, is this the best option, not just for this situation, but for all these other pieces that are kind of in the, in the air. But, yeah. um, a side note on Purple Bricks, they charge you up front even if you don't sell the house. Oh, you didn't even know that, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, so they charge you four grand, and whether they sell your house or not, it's three months. And so the motivation is not because they already got their money. It's, it's there you so, go. So, so you see that. There's a fine print in there. So, Man, just, I, I threw it you four grand just if I do your job or not. <laughs> Good luck, Jesse. Yeah, Good luck. Send it out of line. Good luck there. Yeah. No, I, again, it's it's uh, the reason why I was asking is because um, I get to ask the same question like, why would I hire you and not somebody who just draws plans? You know, it's okay, yeah, it's the same I, uh, thing. It's like, you know, you can. Uh, there's no, there's no, obviously, the, the state has uh, uh, certain limits of what they could do. If, they, if they're not a licensed architect, um, and as long as they fall within those parameters, and they could do it for you, but the difference would be that you're again you're getting somebody who's who has a little bit more experience. They, they, they they're gonna work with you through the process. Um, plus, there's more on the line uh, from mine than that it would be from the other the other person. Yes, the licensed individual, right? Because because I have certain standards I gotta meet, which you have also. I'm pretty sure uh, that you gotta meet certain standards, not just city, state, uh, or state requirements, but as a professional, Ethical, maybe associations that you have. You know, like you have certain standards you gotta meet, and so you know, you're not you're not running the business in a, in an equal platform. Um, so don't expect to get the same service uh, right. for the same price. Well, or the, the remedy if something goes wrong is not as secure either. Yeah. So I have, you know, I have a cousin who has a house in Boyle Heights. He bought his grandma's house. And we, there's a handyman extraordinaire of the family that he used to, to do the construction. And the guy's great on everything, but he's but not licensed and doesn't exactly know everything. And yeah. so guess which part of the house is sinking a little bit yeah. because of the work, right? <laughs> so don't go to his insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck on finding his insurance. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's all a risk. Yeah. And if you have and so that, that's it. No, it's good. I mean, again, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where I always say, you know, I have several lawyer lawyer or attorney uh, friends and or colleagues, and and they're great and all, but I'm always like, you know, I I hope I never have to call you <laughs> exactly right, right. <laughs> or work because uh, it's one of those things where like, man, it, it's 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 very uh, if you don't have the right person on your side, um, it could be nerve wracking. You know, just getting a conversation from somebody else who's not your attorney. It's like, man, why is this guy calling me? You know? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, I think it's probably even worse if it's it's family, right? Because it's if you're dealing with family issues. Oh yeah, uh, people get very worked up and people yeah. are, are anxious and all the, yeah. all those things happen. Yeah. So, what would you suggest, uh, or maybe not recommendation, but if, if if you had to give a piece of advice to somebody who's starting up? Uh, who's who's gonna get? Who's thinking about getting married? Um, is there any anything you would suggest, or from like a legal standpoint, like a young couple in love with nothing, or the <laughs> super duper rich couple who are getting married? You know? Either way, I mean, I, well, it, from your side, be faithful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some basics there. Oh, yeah, yeah, be faithful. Oh, be in love. A, yeah. This is a disclaimer again. It's not legal advice. It's just more of a 
us having a conversation. It, it depends on what it is. I mean, young families or young things. I, I, I don't, I don't think there's a set course on it. I mean, imagine being young and and your mother saying, "I'm going to give you guys fifty thousand for your house," and your your bride to be says, "That's great." Then your mom says, "You just need to sign these particular documents indicating that should you guys get divorced, it all goes to my son." Man, it's going to make the wedding a little sour, right? So. All those things go a little bit into it. You can't really do those things early in a relationship. If you had assets that you acquired later on in life and, and you were remarrying, I would definitely look into do, doing something like a prenup to protect yourself. And certainly so many happen, right? You know, even as a, a dumb example was when, uh, what's his name, Paul McCartney got married again and, and got divorced soon after and paid a sizable chunk just to get in and out of that whole thing. Yeah. He was in love. He should have made her sign a, a, a prenup. Kids want him to do it. <laughs> is, is a prenup still like, I mean, is it a, is it like a slap in the face? Like so Maybe to some, but it depends on the person. Yeah. I'm going to ask Christine because she's the only female here. Christine, if, if your future husband came to you and said, hey, uh, uh, I love you and all, but you got to sign this document before we get married, would you say what? Screw I'd say, you, yeah, absolutely. I have assets yeah. to protect too. Well, that's You're the like, point. Here's my document. Sign this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you protecting? Is that, yeah. that's kind of it. Yeah. If he has nothing, and it's like, we're not going to suppose. So you suppose someone was just starting a business or something like that, and says, "I want you to sign a prenup now to it." Well, I mean, you can take it any way you want, but you know, yeah. sure, I don't have nothing. There's a prenup, but there's one after a postnup. Yeah, post-nup what's too? the difference between a prenup and a postnup? Wow. Okay. So a post-up, sure. I have never done a post-up. Okay. So, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So I've done prenups on, on occasion, but I'm asking uh, offhand, the post-up is going to be just something that again, allocates however assets or, or debts are going to be dealt with in a relationship and why it's done in that particular circumstance. I'm not as versed that people will mm-hmm. do that after the fact. Okay. But, but maybe circumstances warn it. It comes in more likely when I get couples that are in middle aged and, and need a prenup because of the disparity in income or assets between the parties, especially with retirements, for instance. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can you do a prenup to not take on the debt from the other person? Sure. Really? Yeah. If they have bringing a lot of debt into, well, bringing a lot of debt into a relationship is that? Yeah, what yeah, yeah. So say my wife owed like a million bucks, and uh, and it's getting real and, now. And gonna, hypothetical, hypothetical. And we're gonna we're gonna get married, but I don't want to take on that million dollars. Is can I sign a prenup saying, "Hey, I'm only responsible for whatever we acquire after the fact"? Usually, yes. Oh, so okay. even if it's all her debt anyway, you're not going to be responsible for her million dollars of debt. You know, so you know, so she she brings that debt into the thing. The the, the debt collection or whatnot are going to be after her. They're not going to be after you. But I, at the same time, if you walked into a relationship like that, why not make sure that you also memorialize that type of agreement so that there's never any commingling of your monies with hers later so that it could go after it. There you so go. So in that instance, I would do something like that if that situation were really out. Yeah, yeah. It's, and again, it's one of those things where like right now, the way everybody's kind of, you know, again, getting together, there's there's so much stuff that like financials are usually not talked about at the beginning of the relationship. It's always towards the end of the relationship, unless you're Remo. Yeah, yeah we had that conversation. I think your we wife pre- date. We, we presented credit reports. Oh, I mean, good. Listen, yeah, I think yeah. your wife ran a background check on you, man. Just make sure you were good. Eva <laughs> is a very smart, very smart lady, and uh, but yes. but again, it's one of those things where like you don't you don't really think about it until after the fact, and 
and because uh, again, you're in love, and and, and you know things are, are going as great as as they possibly can. But it all it takes is just that one little mistake or trip or or whatever's, and all of a sudden you're like at ends, and it's like, wow, I didn't know that you know this. Now all of a sudden, what's mine is yours, or you know, and so on and so on. Um, which I think it's a it's one of those kind of I, again I, I'm married so I can't really say what I right. what, how mean, it should work but you're talking about different type of couples and how they get a relationship so. so just say just a general rule right yeah most people get married when they're younger just yes. to say that so let's just say when they're younger they probably have less right yeah. so there's no need for stuff like that and if anything say like in businesses couples work together to build that. Right, so so that whole thing that's where the it gets into it yeah. when when you get divorced and say, oh, this is all mine, and, and, and the other party says, well, no, I worked I, in the office, I did this, I did that. I took that. care of the kids while you're able to go work. Let alone that, <laughs> let alone that, let alone people who are really just involved in it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Community property is community property, yeah. and, and and part of it is yeah, I stayed home, made sure that everything went well over here while we did that. Yeah. Even I had no ownership, even though I didn't run it. Yeah. You know. At, at what at what age or or at what stage in life would you suggest that somebody put together um, a uh, like a trust? Uh, when they have assets exceeding one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, okay, and are an adult, I would say generally that not that people eighteen ever ask that, but it's usually the couple that has a house or the individual. If you own a house, I would do it, okay, okay, because any any house is going to exceed one hundred and fifty thousand in value. To be subject to probate or whatever other asset you have that might be that. And why would you want to? What's the purpose behind that? Okay, the purpose behind it is that because if you have assets that are worth over $150,000, they're going to be subject to probate, as in distribution by the court or orders by the court, how it should be distributed. And so there are statutory court filing fees and there are attorney's fees and there are uh, set statutory attorney's fees, set statutory uh, representative fees. Uh, amongst other things, let alone time constraints, that all go into probate that could make it long and laborious. And so although people don't want to do their will or trust because they they're never going to die, um, they do. And when they do, you have three or four kids trying to figure out what, you know, fighting over it, who's going to be the executor, who's going to file the petition to probate uh, mom's estate. And depending on the court, they're very impacted. I have some matters in San Bernardino. And when er every time the judge continues something for four months, he laughs and says, huh, that's 20 minutes in, in, in probate world. You know, so that's a long time. And so these things really meander a long time. Also, in a trust, you just basically lay out how you want things distributed and where and how you want it done. And that's probably one of the, the most important things about it. And, of course, if you have a trust, the vast majority of time, um, it's not going to be uh, subject to interpretation in probate court. Once in a while that happens when people fight, but if you have a trust, it outlines it so you don't need to be in court, and therefore it remains a private document, not a public document. And it saves you money, obviously, in time in terms of Usually, if, yes. if that if that ever happens, right? Yes. Or when it happens, really. From I was in a, in a class one time, and it was about that. I mean, if, if you have a house, and it's based off of the assets, not what you owe. So if I have a house, and five years, ten years passes, right. it's a million bucks. The filing fees, all the expenses are not based off of uh, my profit or the future profit of the estate. It's based off of the million dollars. So if I have an $800,000 loan and filing fees are, what, maybe 50000 between everything for probate, 
Well, it depends. A certain percentage for a certain amount. Okay. Yeah, so so the, the initial hits are the big ones. Yeah. The bigger ones, not as much, but there's less work yeah. at that point involved. Yeah. But versus uh, what is a trust typically if someone just a couple, no kids, have a house? Couple thousand or I would say that yes, I think I think a couple thousand dollars will buy you a good trust prepared by an attorney who will answer your calls and that whose face you will see when you do the trust. You're not going to be given seventy five documents, told to sign two, and said when you go home fill out the rest of it by yourself. Because I'll get plenty of trusts like that where just page after page of unfilled out information, and so it's they they don't know what they they have in their hands sometimes. But there are more money, and of course, like we mentioned in the first part of this conversation, you can go to uh, places and they'll say they'll do trust for. When I started, it was say two fifty or three fifty. So yeah. now maybe seven fifty or a thousand is the low end yeah. or something. Yeah, and that 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 saves you, you know, twenty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars at one point that you're going to have to pay. Ideally, yes, yeah. in probate alone, or, yeah. or tens of thousands at least. That'd be yeah. super high, yeah. yeah. And what's the difference between a will and a um... Uh, will and uh, living trust. Living trust. Well, okay. So the living trust is a document that that is uh, revocable and changeable. Okay, um, the 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 trust allows you to to allocate your assets to one spouse to the other, uh, and also to do things that help with uh, tax ramifications depending on the estate. So you can allocate money to certain types of to to bypass trusts or. Or other other trusts that absorb uh, absorb value so that the assets so that there's less uh, tax consequences. These are all great things for people that I normally don't deal with, because we're talking about large estates. And I began the conversation a little bit about working class, so we're talking about people who may have a couple of million dollars if they really did it well, and they have like four or five properties they bought to rent. Uh, so a lot of that doesn't fit as much into it, but what fits into it is really the control and, and, and the access to money. Um, the will is just more straightforward on how things are going to be distributed. Um, but the will is subject to probate by court. So it has to be, you know, uh, uh, found to be the, the valid will. And then the executor uh, appointed, the letters administered, and that person will start administering that estate. You know, so um, I, pro, uh, living trusts are the best thing if you don't want to be in court. You get around and do it. And they're relatively inexpensive and you can get away with it. The, the Zillow thing's available for people if you have the, the wherewithal to do it. Uh, the other part that confuses people is recording of documents to, to make it valid. So a trust is not is no good if it's an empty. Think of a trust as like a corporation in some respect. You're creating a corporation where you have control of all of your assets, but the corporation owns the assets. Okay. But you could always change it and get out of the corporation, put things in out. You write them so they're subject to change for divorce. Something comes in a separate prop. Something with separate property comes in community, but you get divorced, comes out separate. You can write things like that in a trust uh, to protect yourself from divorce in a, in a trust if you choose to do it. <clears throat> so it has all those kind of variables at work. And uh, I think the co- courts are open to uh, a liberal interpretation of them should there be problems with the trust. I've had plenty of clients who forgot to put the house in the trust. And, and or because they refinanced, right. they took it out and then put it back in, and then sometimes you got to put it back in the trust. But if you have that chain and you have those documents indicating the intent, that that, that usually isn't an issue. It shouldn't be. Wow. Just go visit Alex. 
I know. <laughs> I thought I was going to be asked, uh, my, my favorite restaurant or my whittier memory That's kind of thing. That's like, at the end. Boom, boom, boom. That's <laughs> at the end. Okay. You still have like 20 minutes, oh, 15 we're, minutes. We're trying to take the easy questions out of the way first. Yeah. Going to all the, the, the legal stuff and the, 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 the business stuff. All right, yeah, like no, that. definitely, definitely. It's, uh, you know, again, it, it's one of those things where like, even from mine, like, again, knowing, knowing several attorneys and, and colleagues and stuff like that, we don't get the, the chance to really talk like business like this because it's usually talking about other stuff. Right. Um, so it's always good to be able to have somebody who, who, who knows more specific about this because those are usually for me, like the kind of questions I would ask. It's like, you know, what if I'm in this, this kind of scenario? And it's very important because like, kind of like you were saying earlier is like people aren't really educated in, in the, the law. Mm-hmm. And so you really don't, all you might be hearing is like, Oh, I heard, you know, so-and-so, I heard this, so-and-so. But to be able to have somebody here and like, kind of clear that up, I mean, it, it totally helps. You can go to like court and be like, I heard my, my buddy <laughs> John. I his podcast. I heard his podcast. So yeah, there you go. Who said that? Okay, right. We already gave her leave. Down the street. Favor, so. yeah. yeah. Is there any specific type of law that you would like to get into or, or, or kind of would want to well, you know, take, take on? At this point, I, I don't know if I could. I know when I first started, uh, because I had such a love for music, I, I wanted to kind of get into that uh, music industry at mm-hmm. law. Um, and I worked for a firm in, in, in Westside for a summer one time. Um, but it was a different world and a, and a different environment. It wasn't exactly the, the fit for me, and so um, hard to break into. Certainly, we're talking 1993. Uh, and so I would say that kind of field, because of my interest in music and, and stuff like that, I wouldn't mind going down that line and so now that i see things that are you know you see things now like oh yeah and great and you have that kind of thing when you, when you consider yourself even the most minutely creative you know and you think back to those days it was a little bit different right and so uh, getting into that world is, was, was tougher and, and still kind of is a little bit uh but um that's probably something i would say because uh, whether or not it has glamour or not that's just something you'd kind of be interested in at least i think on my standpoint uh, certainly at my age to really, or, or my level of where I am, to really get involved in something different and to have the expertise it will take some time and, and, and maybe um, <clears throat> not have the time to kind of do it. I'd say really get hard into environmental law yeah. or whatnot, um, all those kind of things, or, 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 or criminal appellate action, something like that. Probably wouldn't do anything like that at, at this point in my career. Is there one uh, field of law where you would say, I would never in that maybe with some experience that you had or interns that you say you know yeah. i don't know how people do this kind of law i don't know if everybody says that about me <laughs> <laughs> so so i don't know about the rest you know um i i could say that about <clears throat> i'm fortunate that i don't have to have a practice that that, that, that is just so crazy on, on where is the next thousand cases for me to do it so sometimes the personal injury grind of the small the small firms any, any firm that's grinding a lot of thousand cases for workers' comp, I would think, or, or personal injury, I think that could be really tough to do that. Uh, um, just like any other business, it, it, uh, uh, a lot of people out there are struggling to make it work and the things you have to do. Uh, being here in Whittier, uh, my trade-off has always been that um, uh, the proximity to home, the quality of life type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter, I always think that a Friday in Whittier is a little bit slower than the other days, and you can mm-hmm. kind of feel it in the vibe. But it's something that kind of goes. Everybody's, everybody likes it. It's a good vibe, right? And so 
that's that's kind of the trade off for me in terms of of the of that killer of always needing more and more money and and something to really get sucked into. That's that's the attorney's worst nightmare, right? If you if you look at all those suspensions and the disbarments for attorneys, the vast majority of attorneys stealing money and just not returning it, right? Or basically not returning money is really what it comes down to, and just borrowing it off and, and, and not being able to get back from it. And so so that's the hard thing, you know, when you start stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars, there's really no coming back. Because you think something else is going to get you through the big pop, and it's probably not if you're already taking, right? Yeah. So that's kind of thing, and... and, and uh, it's expensive practice, and the liability insurance is, is not inexpensive itself, right? And so, um, that's the sort of more the down part, I guess, of kind of running the practice. The freedom I mentioned earlier is the upside of it. Yeah. Having three kids and being able to be at baseball practices and coach mm-hmm. and, and and see them um, you know, uh, through their various sports or through a uh, band and stuff like that academic achievements, all those kind of things, you know, helping them out at home uh, and practicing with the kids, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's where the quality of life thing has been good for me. My wife's also an attorney, so we have that kind of balance and it works out. Now, we don't talk about cases in front of the kids uh, like people have always asked us. Uh, um, but usually, it's because one person is talking about their thing. You know, so my kids have plenty of, I don't want to, sitting in a car and listening to their mom or their dad Talk to someone for twenty minutes and they have to be quiet. You know, so they get that kind of thing. You both practice in, in the same. Uh, <clears throat> no, she. Together? My wife does labor and employment in Cerritos. She works for a larger firm. Got it. Got it. I was going to say that's going to be a tough. I mean, at home, that's probably a tough battle, right? Like, <laughs> like if you're choosing, trying to choose something, it's like I'm pretty sure the legal terms come out, right? Well, I, I, I imagine so. Once in a while, my my kids will tell me that someone accused of accuse them of speaking like an attorney <laughs> or you like, like speak like your mom or your dad and my son's like what i'm not like that but i hear him my six my 16 year old very articulate you know and so he's the one who is uh you know the youngest and had parents have been attorneys a little all through it he saw less of the struggle you know we mentioned the early parts when you first buy that house our first house in whittier cost one hundred and seventy two thousand dollars. Wow, <laughs> that wasn't that that long ago you know so so um uh, so they get that all the time, you know, so whatever it is, and then the friends and stuff like that. I think the big difference for my children is also is in changing in the world is when I was younger and when I started practicing, I knew few attorneys and I knew no judges, right? And the, that whole world of judges, those guys up over there, they weren't like me. But time has changed now, and I have friends who are judges, and now they're those guys. So, so not only you talk about the paralegal and the connection, the lawyers are the ones who know the judges and they know how they act and what they want to do and how they tend to lean certain ways. And that was always a value because you know how to present where you're coming from. Uh, and that's something that someone filling out a form won't give you. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, uh, before we go back to that or into that, um, just talking about the quality of life. Uh, this week I, I had, a, I had a meeting with a client of mine here locally and kind of same thing. He, his take was like, you know, I could work harder, I, or or not work harder. I I could work longer uh, in terms of hours throughout the day. I could work weekends. I could do this, this, and that. But for him, right now, the priority is about life. It's about hanging out with the family, being there for the family, being there for the kids, and all that. And he had this sign in, in the back of his uh, um, in his is uh, on his wall that said, 
Don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life, which I thought was really good. I mean, for me, it hit me hard. I'm like, man, that's exactly because that, that was my thing. Like when I first started my, my own business or practice, really, is like um, I, I as long as I'm able to do all the family stuff with the salary that I'm going to be collecting, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. Like there's no need for me to make more or, or you know, extra or none of that stuff. It's, it's more of the time being spent with family or, or, or the kids really, you know, it's like just being there. Cause I, so my two little, I have two little ones, uh, before they were born, everybody kept saying, Oh man, you're going to like, like make sure you, you, you really spend those years with the kids and, you know, spend time with them. Cause once they grow up, it's like, it's done. Like mm-hmm. you're going to wish you were able to go back. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that always kind of stuck to me in my head. Uh, in terms of that, those, those, those feelings. And now I see it. I mean, it's exactly that. It's like being able to go to practice, you know, play the ball with them and stuff like that. There's no way you'll be able to get that back. Um, work-wise, I mean, as long as I'm not, you know, I'm able to still move and talk, I mean, work will still be there, right? Right, and if you're local, I mean, I, I, you go to eighth grade commencement, for instance, right? Then you don't have to drive back into uptown to my office. Yeah. So it let, let me do a lot of that stuff. I moved my mother from Montebello to over here, and so she got older. That made all that kind of thing easier to do and, and deal with her. She got older, right? So my sisters moved over here back in the early 80s, and that's really kind of what inspired me. And so um, my family kind of moved over here, my immediate family. And so we still kind of have that bond, and we're, we're close to each other. And, um, yeah, it's just it, it, there's that, that kind of quality of life in the time. You know, if you do have the money and you make money, and that's great, and, and we do it too, uh, but you also balance with what you give your children, right? Because if you give them money but not time, then the expectation is money. Okay, you're not here again. Just give me more money, right? And that's the thing you don't want to do also with the children, get them spoiled to it, right? You know, so try not to, but we do anyway. That's right. <laughs> that's right. No, that's awesome. Um, talk about, like, the – the um, you were talking about, like, how times have changed in your industry. Um, now you're seeing, um, I don't want to say minority, but you're seeing a more diverse uh, a, a group of attorneys, right? Yes. Um, I mean, how, how has that has how has that changed the practice, or has it even changed it at all? Well. Um I only probably have really one view of it, and it's not the full view. But so, so understand when I'm practicing, still the the, the predominant lawyers are Anglo males, right? Uh, Anglo females are starting to rise, and then when you get to the other groups, and you're talking about Latinos or Hispanics, however you want to call it, or blacks and and and, and uh, Asians, uh, the numbers were significantly lower. Okay, yeah. so now they're 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 higher. They're, they're much higher. Um, so I would say you kind of think, you know, and I can tell you like, oh, yeah, look at all the Latino lawyers here. There's all kinds of guys here, right? You know, and, and a couple of Asian lawyers and you go to Monterey Park and a lot of Asian lawyers and stuff like that. Um, and so I think at the local level, that saturation, that, that that's better. We've all got a better idea and have access to it. I mean, um, uh, Spanish speaking clients are, 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 are have to practice, right? And especially with Asians, too. I know you guys have driven past billboards on a 605 that are that are in a Mandarin or something yeah. like that, right? Okay, um, 
but sometimes still when you go up to the upper echelons of, of these structures, the numbers are still not exactly what you would think they're going to be. Um, so yeah, there are there are more Latino judges, but the, but there are they they don't make the majority. Correct. And, and people people perceive that on a day to day where they think oh they're all over the place they they run in the whole darn show, uh, but no there are there are Asian attorneys and Asian judges but there's still the, not the majority and and I think if you lump all of the people of color in one group and and Anglo and the other that they're almost about even still, not one group is taking over the other so it also means that people have to work more together. And I think there's a greater understanding also than may have been when I started off too. Um, and then you get that thing that just happens with age. <laughs> if you're, 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 sometimes you're just more respected because you're a little bit older than when you were a young attorney. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've had a one young attorney uh, uh, that uh, I, I work with and, and she'll tell me, you know, sometimes the, the old guy is just looking at her telling me, what do we do next? Yeah. No, they want her to crunch the numbers. They want her to, you know, to kick it out and then do whatever. I said, why don't you write it out? You know, so it's kind of weird. You almost get that same kind of uh, um, dynamic, almost a, a stereotypical dynamic, even in court, but you'll still get it. Yeah. You know, try to make the young girl do all the work. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it doesn't change. Uh, you know, so so there it is. You know, so um, uh, I, that's how it's changed. I think there's a little bit of a greater access, but I still don't think there is as much because if I go to court and there is – Roughly 25 matters on calendar, I say five have a lawyers, and that's high. Really, maybe just three. So for all the lawyers that there are too many of, we're representing probably less than 15% or maybe 15%. Uh, I'm not quoting any specific number, but that's certainly how it feels out yeah. there. there are, everybody's still trying to fend for themselves and fumbling along the way and not exactly knowing what's going on. And, of course, that just clogs the courts in no degree when you're sitting there waiting I've, I've said often where I would just want to get up and say, can I help him for five minutes? <laughs> so, because then we'll save us 20 and, yeah, then, yeah. and then let him go. And then the same thing with her or him or her. And then you get the two Spanish speaking people and we're having the same type of fight. You have to wait for the interpreter to do it too. Because interpreters are, are also uh, a few and far between. Correct. So they have to do those things. Restraining orders first. So if you and your ex have a, a restraining order, the court has to hear those first unless they agree not to. So I'm stuck listening to your restraining order for, you know, for, for forever sometimes. Yes. That the clog and the congestion in the courtroom is an issue too, yes. Wow. And, and paying lawyers to do it, right? Because you know often if, you, if I go to court for three hours and we do 15 minutes before the judge, mm-hmm. are you going to be billed for 15 minutes or for three hours? And you know the answer. What's the answer? Three hours. If you're in court, yeah. you know, I'm not even talking drive time. Yeah, some yeah. lawyers charge, some don't. You know, but that's it. And, but I, I'm not saying I want to wait either. Yeah. I'd rather get out of there and do other stuff. Yeah. You know, so. Say for anyone in front of me, just stand in line. I'm going to help each of you so I can get through this thing. <laughs> Try to. Yeah. Oh, man. Awesome. All right. We got the finger from Christine, the wrap it up finger. So now these are the easy questions, but in our, for most people, it's really their, their difficult, challenging questions. Oh, all right. And so they're woodier questions. So, um, what is your uh, your go to either breakfast or lunch spot here in the city of Whittier, or you know places that you normally go for breakfast or for lunch or, or just or anything, just anything just to go grab a a drink or or food or uh, okay then so yeah over okay so we'll, we'll start with sushi I guess I mean uh, if we look sushi I 
My wife and I have been doing azabu for years, and azabu was branches out to other things. I mean, sushi, uh, eat sushi out on the other side, <laughs> yeah. of course, is John, right? Yeah. And I even remember before John and before Jack, there was at least another uh, guy who had a restaurant somewhere in the area. Uh, and we've known Saito forever, the, the junior. Uh, so that's always been a fun place. My wife and I like going there, uh, you know, over the years. Um, but even, you know, it's funny, uh, Whittier for me was, uh, the place where, I developed a palate. I mean, the first Japanese restaurant I went to was Omachi's out there in, in, on, oh, on Greenland. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Back in the early 80s, you know, uh-huh. uh, when everybody there was old. <laughs> uh, now they're even uh, younger. <laughs> uh, and then uh, those places I love to go to, my wife and I. Uh, the, the restaurant scene, we like to hit what we can. But for instance, whether it's a, a good, a nice drink at the, at the, the Nixon or New Canton, right? I think New Canton does a, a great menu at a great price, right? Um, you want to do tacos in Whittier, of course you can do tacos. Uh, whether it's, uh, Bizarra Capital, uh, which is really great. Uh, or even going to like a small hole in the wall, like Victoria's for lunch. You ever do Victoria's? Victoria's, which is Victoria's? They're on Santa Fe Springs. They're probably unincorporated. Santa Fe Springs and, and, oh, uh, and yes. Lambert. Yes, yes. They have the menu handwritten on the wall. Yes. Right, yes. but a real dinky place. You don't want to go there like yesterday, day before, because it's 110 degrees in there. Yeah. You know? They don't have AC. <laughs> no AC. The AC is a window door. Is, yeah. that, is that Caddy Corner from uh, Arco? Uh, that's Mulberry. Right behind it. It's right okay. next to the Seven Eleven. Oh, you go. So yeah. you just east of the Seven okay. Eleven. Um, this cash only. Cash only, right? So, so it, it's really uh, those are like a, a quick lunch spot. You know, I always like to grab a sandwich if I can. The time, time, time constraint, right? So when the deli up was closer to me, that was kind of cool. But now they've kind of moved a little bit further, so yeah. I can't walk there as fast. Yeah. That's another thing too about being here. Still, I, I love the ability to walk places. Yeah. You know, yeah. so even from my office, a far walk is like seven or eight minutes, you know, and that's not really anything. And I can walk almost all the way to the other side, right? So that part I really, I really like about, about the city to hit other parts. Nice. Get my hair cut over there, hello on friends, and then come down and, and eat somewhere down, down the street, right? Nice. Just get a golf cart. I, I thought, know. <laughs> I mean, if I had a, a practice like that, and I would venture. I always thought I'll get a golf cart for a couple thousand bucks and zip on over. I thought of that. A neighbor has one, and I see him using it. Yeah. And I thought of that. Then I could just put all that kind of advertising, yeah. whatever I'm doing at that moment, on the whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, maybe get into a little fender better, my and little thing there, and then have my own card and say, hey, <laughs> have it over here. I'm going to sue myself. <laughs> and yeah. then, how about. Um, Maybe what's one of your most uh, fondest memories here in Whittier? Oh, fondest memories. Oh. Well, you know, um, um, I guess I would even kind of put them in, in, in two categories. I think uh, right now my fondest memories are really my kids growing up in Whittier and the things that have happened with that. Right. I have a, my uh, 17-year-old uh, got recognized uh, on the varsity baseball team. That was really cool for a variety of things. You know, nice. uh, mm-hmm. I, my, my son is graduating from Northwestern in, in uh, Chicago and, and went to Lucerna and was high honors over there. So seeing seeing their kind of achievement achievements mm-hmm. is my my fondest memories. Kind of like being here in Whittier and things. Uh, growing up beyond, and, and coming to Whittier, kind of a different kind of overlay or underlay. But mm-hmm. um, memories of coming with my mom and going to the to the, the quad when the quad was the quad. 
that I think that people been here long enough, they know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, all those great stores that were there. You know, uh, one of my first uh, uh, dietary or, or, or tasting, uh, different tastes of life came from even going to the to the make company uh, down there at the Quad. Mm-hmm. And you guys wouldn't remember or know this, but they had like this uh, coffee shop or something on the, very, on the first floor. And that coffee shop served Hebrew national hot dogs. <laughs> really? With brown, with brown mustard, Vienna beef. You know, and so, so kid from South Montebello, he used to Oscar Mayer and, and yellow mustard. It's like, wow, what is this? Yeah. And so the first one is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it kind of all began with food and Whittier, simple hey, enough yeah. as a hot dog. So I would go just to grab a couple of those until, you know, until I was 10. <laughs> gourmet hot dog, right? Cause yeah. it was a uh, step up or Big step up. It was a gourmet hot dog for here, right? Yeah. I mean, because that wasn't around in yeah. that part of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then if we, a few extra bucks, we'd go to like, uh, Steak Corral, right? You know, Steak Corral was a good working class, uh, kind of steak. It kind of still is out over yeah. there. Is right? it? Yeah. It's still there? No, no, it's not still there, but like, is it still a good yeah. place to go and have dinner? Not a bad one. Uh, um, cause it looks like from the outside, I've never been there, but from the outside, it looks like if I, I, I Go past that door, the building's gonna come down on me or something. <laughs> well, no, no, it's kind of, it, it used to be really dark in there. It's not yeah. as dark anymore. Okay, you know, just make, you know, wake, make sure you're, you're ready for whatever happens, right? <laughs> okay, you're strapped, right? Click on your toes. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's, no, it's kind of like a, 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 a dark family restaurant. Yeah. So it's actually the opposite. Back in, in my kid day, they used to give you like a, a Indian hat with a feather on it. No way. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if they still do that anymore, <laughs> but it's that kind of thing. I'm saying just, you know, regular yeah. kind of like a Chris and Pitts across the street yeah, is kind yeah, of the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. How about if there's uh, one thing in Whittier that's missing, maybe you leave the town for this that you would like to see here in Whittier, what would that be? Wow. You know, in some respects, I think that's just going to be what's kind of missing is a clear future. You know, um, what I talked about is the past and the past of a lot of economic strength. And so, I've seen the council struggle with these things here in this part of town, the part where I live, out in Friendly Hills area. And so, um, you know, I have some serious questions about those kind of things. It's about, it's about our grandkids and, and being up here and stuff like that. We've all heard the complaints and about, about business. Uh, and it seems like one hand is pulling the other one way or the other. And so that's really has to change and something really long term. You know, uh, I can love the city to death. Just like I love someone who's very close to me. And sometimes when that person is close to you, you just don't see some of the problems. And so if you didn't live in Whittier, you wouldn't think Whittier Boulevard is always the nicest place in the world. Uh, but if you, it, but, but I'm used to seeing the, the casket company next to the, yeah, the, the palm reader mm-hmm. and no gripe on the people who have a business. But really in the long term, where are we, where are we putting our city? You know, especially with the, with the, the public service and mental health needs that are just going to exasperate everything. That's not going to go away. Okay. And we're not going to have no Thanos come and, and take care of half of a problem for us. Uh, but that's based on kind of like an environmental issue when you see what they're doing in that show. Right. Uh, so, so that's going to be, that's our problem. My problem is I don't see how we're going to handle that right now. And so that's what would, that, that's what concerns me about the city the most. It's funny because with the same client I was talking about that I had this meeting with this week, we're having that conversation. Um, and for me, it was about, we're talking about housing and how there's a need of, 
if for affordable housing or even market rate housing um, and how the money that the that you know city of LA for example is 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 putting towards programs that are going to help with homelessness and stuff like that um, and I was like man I, I think that the problem is not necessarily having the money to do things it's really the people behind the money that are doing the things. What they do or what they don't do. I'm like, I forget how, it's like a hundred and some million dollars that they're going to put towards this campaign. I, I don't know, Christine, if you know the, the actual numbers, but but they were saying that the, the homeless account was up by like 12%, 12% or something like that. Yes. I, I forget what the number actually means. Like, I don't know how many thousands of, of, of individuals we have homeless, but but say you have, you know, 50,000, say you have 80,000, which is what, what your population is. If you're to each hand them some of this money to help themselves move on or, or, or get themselves in a, in, a, in a better situation where you would have these organizations that know how to be efficient with right. the money rather than, I, I call it government, but, but you know, uh, cities, I think we won't solve the problem, but it'll definitely help itself in the sense that we know how the money's being use and spend i mean we could go on forever with this topic but but again just i i'm relating it back because you're right in terms of what the city needs right now i think there's like this disconnect of like how do, how do we work who do we work with well uh, uh, to make things happen one last thing before we wrap up and this is a shout out to an organization called the whole child mm-hmm. and a whole child is a, a organization that i'm a board member of and it's been providing mental health services for local community members for about 60 years. And within the last five years or so, or a little more, we've branched out into the homeless and to uh, homeless families type of services. Uh, the whole child is doing great things with that right now. We are partnership, partnershiping with builders and, and, and other uh, entities in other cities to try to provide that, that housing component. Yeah. Because that's one element of it. And, and, and even we're only dealing with families, homeless families, homeless children. Uh, and, and not let alone the, the, the single male type of issue. But I bring them out because organizations like that, working with, with, with uh, cities and local government, and then working with individuals who, uh, who know the city, businessmen, compassionate people, uh, whatnot, are really the, all those things that go together. Yeah. You'll hear people say, we don't just need housing. We need housing and rehabilitation. That's right. And, and, then it, and we don't need a month. We need six months. And you think about, Housing six people with that kind of intense facility for six months is just like millions and billions of dollars, right? But so there again, Whittier without a strong economic engine is going to be handcuffed and trying to deal with those issues of their own, of their own community, let alone spillover from other places. Yeah. yeah. Is there something you would like to maybe share that Whittier should be doing this in order to get that economic engine that you think maybe we're, the, the city's missing the, Kind of the mark on. I, I I think it's vision. I think it's overall vision at, at, at a variety of different levels with, within those doors over there, and and that's what needs to change a little bit. Uh, I, I see the vision um, from not change much from when I've been here, or ideas that are or, or great ideas, but maybe a little bit uh, not to step with how times are changing, how we change with those times. Right? We all know that that the, the economy is changing, how we buy changing. We know retail certainly hasn't stopped, right? Yeah. The, the boxes come to our houses every day. If you have kids, that's how they shop, right? 
but we know that the big box is out the door. And so are those kind of things, or, or, or how do we make the, where I'm looking right now vibrant, where you want, where you're going to go to a store and go to the movie theater and then you go to a nice place next door. The whole experience. The whole experience yeah. here where, where sometimes this, this, where we're sitting right now doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Let alone you go on the east side, we were getting into a little bit of trouble, you know, uh, with the Whitwood Mall and with other parts of it and all of that bring a, a yeah. different store, right? We have, we have a, a dollar, dollar yes kind of thing nowadays. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we don't need those stores anymore, I think. I say no to dollar yes, right? Um, but, but there again, it's about vision and it's about, um, what other people see the city as also, right? And if they don't see the vision here, I don't see why people would invest in it either. Yeah. Uh, so, so those things have to change. But, but I'm looking in the room right now and I know that there's, there's people in this room representative of where I live and the rest of Whittier who have an investment, who have uh, some skin in the game in, in Whittier. And so we want to be that, we want it to be that way, right? I don't have intention of going anywhere, Correct. you know, and I don't want to build a, more walls around me to make me feel comfortable. Yeah. I want to be safe in Whittier. I want to grow old and have fun in it, you know, and I want my grandchildren to come here and like coming to Whittier, yeah. you know, and so that's what I want to see. Well, Christine, put on the, on the notes because we're going to make it happen. Boom. There you go, okay. all right. <laughs> and you did a shout-out to the whole child. And we actually interviewed Costanza Pachon oh, on episode 89. Perfect, so 10 yeah. episodes back. There Check you go, my, my boss, right, <laughs> exactly. She's a great dynamic woman, and I was going to suggest if you hadn't already, because, yeah, she's definitely been the fire behind that and, and providing that the fire and the vision that we'll need to tackle those issues as time goes on. Thanks. Yeah, so thank you so much for being on. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, Good fun, Appreciate guys. It? Yeah, thank you. All right. Do you, are you on social media at all, or where can people find you? I know I, I did Google you. It's funny when you said that people Googled you. I Googled you like a second before, and I went to moisalaw.com. Okay, there's that. And, and then there, there is a full disclosure. That's kind of embarrassing. But I um, wasn't really into social media and resistant of it, but changed recently. So I do have a Facebook page, too, and that I'm getting up along with the, some other something like that. Um, it's, I guess it's a private one at this point. I'm not quite sure. I have some white like, So stay tuned. Right? <laughs> stay tuned as a guy stumbles, Check the website. Through, stumbles through getting his Facebook thing up. So, you know, it'll be here and there, but that's a way to contact me. I'll have Instagram and Twitter. And I think that information will come up more. But yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll All put right. it on the show notes and people can find it that way. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it for you coming yeah. on. Thank you. Thank you. You got it, guys. Thank you so much. Bye, Whittier. See you later.